This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Across the Betting Weekly Studios output, we have five soccer preview shows. The most profitable one this season so far is this one. Welcome along to Betting Weekly Extra Time International Edition. You're with myself, Dan Robert, plus senior handicapper Steve Wiss and Spanish football journalist and editor of Football Espanol, Rory Barlow. This is the last international break of the calendar year. As far as the European Championships are concerned, this is a big one now, boys. I've got two different ways to spin this one. Steve, first of all, it is the last chance for some nations to try and make the finals by the regulation route of qualifying via group in Germany next year. And I guess potentially that does make it easier for betters to narrow down which fixtures are meaningful and which aren't. Well, good day to you, Dan, and good day to you, Rory, as well. Um, really, the international shows have been great, haven't they, in terms of profit, I must say. Going back to the World Cup, really, we have an exceptional team here on that because we win. Um, for all soccer, but especially international soccer, I think we're brilliant. So, uh, yeah, this is an int- this is always a tricky international round. I always think in November, but um, depends what sort of style of betting you like, Dan. If you only want to get involved in games where there's something's actually at stake, I suppose it makes it easier. You've got to select games to, to choose from. But I think there's sometimes some great value on dead rubbers as well. If you know the situational, uh, like I've always said before, look at each match individually if you can. And, and gain your edge in, in that way. It doesn't really make much of a difference to me because I kind of balance it out um, in, in different sort of ways. But uh, I suppose, yes, if you if you like to nail it down and narrow it down to games that matter, then it is an easier sort of window. But just to muddy the waters a little bit, Rory, we've got eight nations that have qualified, I make it, plus, of course, the host Germany. 12 have been eliminated, cannot qualify. But that leaves the fate of over 30 countries or UEFA member associations, as they're known, that still have something to play for. We've got safety nets of of playoff places uh, via the Nations League, of course. So in that sense, you can look at a fixture and think, well, there's nothing on this, but potentially there still might be. So that can make it difficult to a certain extent for betters as well. It's the same question, but spun in a different way, Rory. Yeah, well, Dan, coming to you as one of those people from a nation that's qualified and happily at the Euros, <laughs> I'm going to crow about this for the one time that Scotland are actually there. Um, I had to look into the minutiae of uh, UEFA's qualifying system and, and kind of really investigate what I was looking at for, for this international round. As you say, there's a lot of teams still in it. But ultimately, as Steve says, on a game-by-game basis, you're still assessing how good a football team is. And I think in international football, there's less of a gap than in club football because obviously the bigger teams with the bigger money uh, pull the best talent. But in international football, there is still a gap to look at. And I think form-wise, almost more so than in club football, momentum plays a much bigger role. So, so yeah, I've kind of looked at it again on an individual basis, but uh, there's some that you stay away from, particularly the unreliable teams. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. 
because the gap has definitely grown between international football and club football. Club football's so much superior, but there's an awful lot to unpick if you're looking at some of the groups. I mean, Group E, we haven't got one nation that's qualified yet or one nation that's completely out of it yet. It can be a little odd, so make sure you're across that. Do your research. We're going to talk South American World Cup qualifiers as well, a lot more straightforward, obviously, um, and we'll get some picks from the boys when it comes to the action in South America over the next uh, week or so. Uh, we're going to start our previews in uh, Tallinn. Where else? Estonia against Austria. Uh, Thursday, midday kickoff. Um, Austria, minus 278. They are short price favourites here. Estonia, plus uh, 750. Uh, Austria have already qualified uh, here. Uh, Estonia can still make the playoffs, bizarrely. But if they did make the playoffs, there would be an effectively pot one. So I couldn't really see them get beyond it. But you never know. Rory, you're tackling this game for us. Um, what's the play? What's your thoughts on Austria away at Estonia? Yeah, well, starting with the play, I'm going for Austria to beat Estonia and over two and a half goals in the game. That's plus 105 that comes back at, and that is just our way of finding a bit of value in this game and a game that I think is going to be pretty one-sided. I mean, it was only 2-1 in Austria, it has to be said, which is tighter than you'd think. But I think Estonia probably aren't going to get two shots at this game because the gap between the sides is large. Lovely place, Estonia, lovely people, lovely city, Tallinn, but they're not blessed with great footballers. They're a long way of having their golden generation. And I think for Austria, from uh, from their point of view, these players are now fighting for, for spots in the squad. I mean, they'll be experimenting a little bit, but I think that almost plays in their favour. You've got kind of young attackers um, in kind of Swiss and Austrian football. There's a couple that are, are really standing out for me. So I think... They still have a slim chance of topping this group, Austria, which would affect their seeding for the Euro. So if they win this game, then they, they put the pressure on Belgium for their final game. And they've won five out of seven of their qualifiers. It's only Belgium, a draw against Belgium and a loss to Belgium that's taken points off Austria. So I, I find it hard to look beyond Austria. And once that first goal goes in, you're always kind of looking at how the score is going to run up because the spaces start to appear once the other side has to come out. And, and yeah, I just uh, I trust Austria to get a result here. So Austria to beat Estonia away from home, over two and a half goals at plus 105. When Rory was talking about Estonia, uh, Steve, a little wry smile came on your face there. Have you got an, Aust- an Estonia thought here? I'm not, not quite sure if this, this comes into your sort of Scandinavian knowledge or not, or does it? I was just loving how complimentary Rory was about the country <laughs> and the city of, of Tallinn before he went on about the football team <laughs> because uh, he can't, we kind of knew what was coming. This was uh, this is a bet. Um, it's in one of my in a parlay I've got later. I was really I really like Austria handicap here as well. I must say I, I think I think Estonia are not a very good soccer team, Dan. And um, Austria, you look at the end of the day, you, you might laugh they're already qualified, but every Every win matters in terms of ranking and things like that. So um, they should be up for the fight. Uh, Liechtenstein, Portugal, next up. This is Thursday, 2.45. Uh, Eastern, <coughs> Portugal, excuse me, very short um, uh, for this one. Uh, Liechtenstein, as you would imagine, uh, ridiculously big. Portugal have qualified, but they are the type of team, uh, Steve, uh, that just you know want to keep on scoring want to keep on racking up the wins. They've won eight from eight here. And this, I sense, is going to be uh, another positive pick from from Portugal. How do we go about getting the value in this game? Yeah, maybe I'll take a leaf out of Ruri's book here and just say how nice a country Liechtenstein actually is. <laughs> I've, uh, a very small country in between Switzerland and Austria. And it is uh, some beautiful scenery there. 
I have been uh, passed through it a few times. Um, but unfortunately, a bit like Estonia, their football team is not very good. And um, I mean, the, the play here, it's an awkward one because it was going to be minus three and a half Asian, but that line has been completely smashed in like the last 12 hours. So at the minute, the Asian line available is minus four on Portugal, which that's the line I'm going to advise. And I think I would say just take any take a minus four Asian handicap on Portugal, anything at uh, minus 175 or better, I think is the best way of saying it, really, because I think ultimately at kickoff, this line might be might be close to uh, minus four and a half. Um, the books don't really know how to price this up. I'll tell them how they should price it up. The correct line is minus five Asian. If any books are listening, that's what you should be doing, boys, um, because there's night and day between the two teams. Portugal uh, are what you call flat track bullies, uh, in a way. Uh, they're a very good side, don't get me wrong, but they... Some teams would not be bothered here. They'd just come here, get the win, you know, get two or three, and that's enough for them. But they love racking up the score. They got Ronaldo in their ranks, who scored 45 goals across all comps in 2023. He's the sort of guy who wants to finish 2023 as the top scorer in the world. And this is a fantastic chance to get, to pad up your stats and get loads of goals. He scored nine in this qualification campaign already. Bruno, eight goals and seven assists. Portugal have become monsters here. Roberto Martinez, I think, and, and him and Ronaldo are a dangerous mix because they just love beating up and embarrassing sides. Uh, one slight word of caution, Liechtenstein have actually covered their Asian handicap in six of their eight fixtures in this group, would you believe? Um, Iceland, though, have beat them 11-0 on aggregate, so that kind of shows how bad they are. And I think Liechtenstein are really, really bad. I mean, this is one of the few teams that couldn't even beat San Marino in the last few years. That's how bad they are. So I'm very happy to take the Portugal handicap. Minus four. Don't go any more than that because then you're needing them to win by five goals. But uh, the minus four Asian line is is well worth taking because um, this this you're looking at really blowout city here now. But a Portugal value at plus 900 to win. The European Championship. I'll ask that Rory first. I mean, I, I can't remember what price they were when they won it, but they weren't single figures in in UK parlance. There were, there might have even been sixteen or twenty. I mean, I look at the squad and I think it's a fantastic squad. I, I think Ronaldo might be a bit of an issue in the bigger games, but Rory, I mean, I, I'd, I mean, yes, they're potential winners, but would you play them at plus nine hundred? Personally, no. I mean, I always have my my doubts about Portugal. I think they were very lucky to get away with that Euro twenty sixteen. Uh, when where they didn't win a game in 90 minutes, did they? Or maybe they were one against Wales in the semis. So, so yeah, I I don't feel like they're a value side to back. I mean, you look at what happened in the World Cup. They've gone from Fernando Santos, who was the archetypal defensive miserly coach. He tried to open things up a bit. Now you've got Roberto Martinez. I think he's always a tricky manager to assess because he did wonders at Wigan. Had an up and down spell at Everton. Then you go go to Belgium and he gets them to the semi-finals, which is their best ever finish in a World Cup. But also you look at that squad and many people thought maybe they should have gone on and won it or done more than the Euros. So I think Martinez is a tough, tough uh, one to assess. I think he will free them up, Portugal, but I don't necessarily think he's the one to play tournament winning football in my view. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, th I think the price needs to be bigger for me, Steve. Just briefly on Portugal's outrights at the minute. I mean, the price ain't going to change between now and when they when they kick off in Germany next summer. 
I think Bobby Martinez is the sort of manager who raises hopes really high wherever he's at, club or country, because of, you know, look at the qualification results. He plays lovely attacking football and everything like that. But the problem is, come the real crunch, are you going to want to back a Roberto Martinez team in, say, a semi-final when really defences often win championships, don't they, at the, at the, at the crucial period? And, and I think my answer would be no. But I do like what he's doing here at Portugal. I think a lot actually, not laughed, but thought they could do better than his hire. So but so far, he's, he's not put a foot wrong, has he? So, um, you know, fair play. Let's talk uh, World Cup qualifiers in South America. We've got three games we're going to take a look at. Uh, first of all, we're going to go Venezuela-Ecuador here. It's a 5pm kickoff on Thursday Eastern. Venezuela plus 195. Ecuador are the favourites plus one. Uh, 40 Venezuela never qualified for a World Cup finals had a very good end of 20 side a few years ago that lost uh, to England in the final in 2017 unlucky to lose that game really I think it was a Calvert-Lewin winner um, but the likes of Jan Galera came out of it for Venezuela and we've we've sort of taken a look uh, at Venezuela Steve on a couple of occasions haven't we over the course of these uh, these early qualification games and you're siding uh, with them here against an Ecuador side that we like as well I'm going with Venezuela, yeah, on a draw no bet handicap or a zero Asian handicap line at plus 110. And, um, yeah, I've mentioned them as a couple of leans, haven't I, on, yeah. on the show. This, I think this is their time. They've never qualified for a World Cup before, ever. The only South American side never to feature a World Cup. But the new system where there's more places now available, I think, has really perk their interest. It reminds me a bit of when the Euros expanded to, to more teams where we suddenly got sides in qualification doing a lot better because they, they thought they had a more realistic chance of making it. But I'm really impressed with their defence in this qualification campaign so far, Dan. Um, they drew against Brazil away, which that takes some doing. You, you might think maybe they fluked it, but they restricted Brazil to 0.83 XG in that game away. That, that Fair play. They beat Chile recently. That was, again, restricted them to 0.38 XG. I've looked. They're not conceding that many shots on target. And they've got a, an interesting Argentine managing, manager who's playing like a 4-4-2 or 4-3-3 system. Tough to break down. So I think they can get a result here against Ecuador, who um, it looks like they're going to be missing Purvis Estupinia. And that's a big loss. Um, I mean, Brighton haven't even won a Premier League game since his injury. And I didn't. I thought they looked ordinary against Bolivia last month, to be honest. They also only had a nil-nil against Colombia. So this is a winnable game for Venezuela. There's a good chance of a draw here, I must say, Dan. I think four time, four or five times out of ten, this was end a draw. So you do need the draw no bet cover. But um, I think Venezuela should be slight favourites at, say, um, you know, minus 125, minus 130 on the draw no bet line. So I think we're getting... A bit of value. Um, just one other thing to say about the. Uh, I often uh, go on about tough places to go. Well, this might be quite a dangerous place to go. I was actually reading an article recently. This is not Tallinn, uh, is it? This is not Estonia. This is um, Caracas, the capital city of Venezuela. is one of the most dangerous cities in the world for crime. Although this is actually being played at a place called Maturin. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it. But um, yeah, dangerous place to go. But hopefully um, this is a safe bet for us. Uh, plus 115 to finish in the top six. So those are the automatic qualification places. Seventh place gets you a playoff. Uh, I mean, would you back them up? Plus 115. The, the other nations here, Steve, uh, Chile, 
Uh, minus one one two Paraguay plus one eighty Peru plus two eighty Bolivia ain't going to qualify. I don't think even at this early stage. Plus one one five Venezuela mm. to make the top six. About right. Yeah, it's about right. I want to. I mean, in a way, you think to yourself, I'd I'd want a bigger price. I mean, you, you know, you said they've never never qualified and only yeah. not to, and you think yeah. why would I back them at plus one one five? One thing I've got to mention about Ecuador, by the way, they've actually had a points deduction, a three-point deduction in this section for falsifying a passport of a player in the previous campaign. I can't remember what his name was. It Castillo or someone, I think. So that's a bizarre one. It is, that his, is, that his new, is that his new name or his old name? I don't name, even I know. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bizarre one. Who knows? That might be the difference. Um, look, I'll tell you one thing. Bolivia, they're done already. Their race is run. Peru are awful. So I think that's two teams are not going to be in the, anywhere near the top six. You're looking basically between Venezuela, Paraguay and Chile for, for that sixth spot, in my opinion. So it, the odds are about fair, but I think Venezuela, the bit was be, between their teeth. They're really fired up, the close-knit group. And um, if I had to, you know, gun to my head, which is quite often the case down there, isn't it, in South America, <laughs> then I would have to, I would have to, I would say yes, I would play the bet rather than lay it, yes. I hope you never get to go, Steve. You might be in trouble. Um, Colombia, Brazil, we can talk about next. Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Colombia plus 255. Brazil plus 120. Now, Rory, betters are going to look at Brazil plus money uh, against the side that failed to make the last World Cup finals and think there is some value there. But Brazil have struggled. Just just give us your take on on this game with, with you know why Brazil might be opposable because I know what your pick is here. So just talk us through your thoughts. Yeah, I'm going Colombia plus 0.25 on the Asian handicap here. That's minus 110 that comes back at. And I'll tell you why Brazil are plus money. It's because they haven't won in Colombia since 2003. Colombia, to be fair to them, they're unbeaten in their last 15. And that is mostly just kind of uh, South American qualifiers and friendlies. But they've beaten Germany in that time. Um, The last loss they had was against Argentina. So, I mean... They're the world champions, of course, and that was only a couple of years ago. So I, I think this is a decent enough Columbia side. They're not as packed with star quality as they were a decade ago when you had the likes of Falcao and Juan Ferquintero at his peak. You've got Nestor Lorenzo in, and I think he's installed a real kind of solidity to this side. It's a team that doesn't really lose games. They might kind of go one way or the other, but against Uruguay, they drew 2-2 as well recently. That was only a last-minute penalty from Darwin Nunez. So they've been really solid so far, um, 1-1 and drawn three of the first uh, four games. And and yeah, Brazil, I mean, draw away to Venezuela, a loss to Uruguay. They're without Neymar, they're without Edwin Militao, they're missing a couple players. And you've got Fernando Diniz, who's in charge, and he's just won the um, Libertadores with Domenenci. And people have been falling at his feet, praising how they play and his kind of style of play, which is a little bit different. But... With that comes the fact that he's only had a couple of games in charge of this Brazil side. It's probably going to take a while for him to install any semblance of a system or or really kind of get his players moving the way he wants them to. And for South American qualifiers where teams are gritty, they are cynical, they, the crowds are kind of really up and at you, the journey time is really long, it's not conducive to creative players. And that's what Brazil do have in abundance. But against the side that's going to set up with a low block. I just like Colombia here to get a result. And and I think if Brazil were maybe kind of under Chiche and, and kind of cruising along and just looking forward to a World Cup, yeah, fine, that makes more sense. But 
Brazil are in a little bit of turmoil themselves. I mean, they, they had six months where they didn't really appoint a manager. They've got Denisian as an interim manager. The theory is that Ancelotti takes over next summer, but it's all a bit up in the air and they don't really have too much riding on it because they're going to qualify anyway. So I think this will mean more to Colombia and I expect them to get results for that reason. Uh, Steve, just quickly, your thoughts on, on Brazil at the moment, because we sort of, you know, look to oppose them with leans and, and talked about the fact that it might not be a, a great time for Brazil betters at the moment. What do you think? I think it's a great pick. Yeah, Rory. I think it's a really and good bet. I think really, really pleased that we've got this bet on the show. And I think it it always takes some balls to go against Brazil. And um, he, he's shown it here, but I, I don't. Are Brazil even that good? What have they done? They beat Bolivia five-one, but most teams do that at home. Um, struggled in the other fixtures. I watched them against Uruguay, and they're very ordinary, very ordinary indeed. They they really lack. I think. Um, do they? How many real X-factor players do Brazil actually have now? I mean, they've got Richarlison in attack, and is Richarlison even going to play? I don't know. I mean, he's just quite underwhelming for me. I, I don't know. This is a, a turbulent time for Brazil. There's a good job for them. There's three years to the World Cup because they need to get themselves sorted out a bit. So, uh, But another one, another thing to consider, I'm going to talk about this in the Argentina-Uruguay uh, pick in a minute. The big game in a few days' time after this is the um, the Super Classico of South America. Brazil against Argentina. Their eyes and focus is surely going to be on that game rather than this one. Where is that game, so, Steve? Is in, a, in in Brazil. In Brazil. Now, that we're going to be talking about on the next show. But um, there's, I think their full focus really will be on there rather than this Colombia fixture. Good. Maybe a decent chance of a draw. But if a team's going to win, I would actually go with Colombia at the moment. Uh, just, just one final thought on Brazil, uh, Rory. Is Ancelotti going to take this job? He's, he, he's been talked about it so much. I mean, what is the, the... I mean, you're in Madrid. What is the feeling there? Is, is he just inevitably going to take it at some stage? I think so. I think Ancelotti has, he's a bit conflicted because he, he's so used to being sacked by big clubs. I mean, he usually sticks around for two, three years that to walk out on Real Madrid feels a little bit silly. And if they were to offer him a new deal, maybe, but the way Xabi Alonso is going at Leverkusen, I think he'll be in next season. Um, I, I just think it makes sense for everyone. Real Madrid's Ancelotti's a brilliant manager for them in, in many ways. But is he progressing them as a as a real kind of tactical outfit and as a as a football team? He's done well so far, but I, I feel like there's more more room to progress, and I think Perez will see it that way. So I think Ancelotti came in as a stopgap. He's done brilliantly for three years, um, when it which will be when his contract expires. So so yeah, I, I think he will end up in the Brazil job because ultimately he's talked about retirement. And Brazil is a lovely kind of last job, international management. You calm things down and, okay, maybe there's a lot of pressure at Brazil, but you don't quite feel it the same way if you're not from the country. Might need him, depending on what happens over the course of uh, the next few games, but I'm sure inevitably they will qualify. Um, Speaking of Argentina, uh, Steve, trailing it, uh, they take on Uruguay, Clásico del Rio de la Plata, which is what Wiki tells me. Uh, Uruguay against Argentina. In Buenos Aires, uh, Argentina, our favourites, minus 200. Uruguay, plus 580 for this game, Thursday, 7pm uh, Eastern with a draw, uh, plus 285. Uh, Uruguay, as we mentioned, Steve, beating Brazil last time out for the first time in a long time and can they win in Buenos Aires? It, it, you've already alluded to the fact that Brazil are going to be looking at Argentina or Argentina are going to look at Brazil. Will they take their eye off the ball? What's the play? I am definitely going to be against Argentina here. 
Uh, I'm loving this show. We're betting against both Brazil and Argentina. I just love the thought of that. Um, Uruguay plus one on the Asian handicap, minus 115, Dan. You're right, Bielsa is a miracle worker, isn't he? Uh, you know, he's produced that win for them against Brazil. Um, it was a match which I got wrong. I went the overs in that game. I was very lucky to get, get a half loss on the over 2.25. But the style, he changed it a little bit. And um, Brazil only played one way. I think there's often a lot of a lot of people will be looking at the overs here as well. And Bielsa said, we're not going to come here to defend. The intention is to come to Argentina and dominate the match, he said. Um, said he's got no game plan for Messi. Um, and, and he said, that's great for football but we will do our best to limit him. And, um, you know, but that doesn't mean he's going to come here gung-ho because this is an interesting game for Bielsa as well. I think it's one of the few times he would actually be happy with a draw. You know, his own, his own country would get a point. He would get a point. He'd probably get lauded for a tactical masterclass of some sort. So for one of the few times, I think Marcelo Bielsa would be okay with a draw. And I think Argentina would be fine with that as well. The top of the standings, 100% record. The big game for them is the Super Classico against Brazil. That's the one they can't afford to lose there. No one's going to want to get injured or suspended for it or be. I could even see the last 25 minutes of this game playing out quite tamely, actually, if it's tied. So I really like the idea of taking the underdog. Even if Argentina win, they're not the sort of team that usually win big in games. They're known for a tight defence. Um, very good defence, actually, in my opinion. So I think this might be a, a tighter game than some think. I actually think unders could cash in all these qualifiers, by the way. I mean, it's a great... You could have an under parlay for all these games in South America. I think you could do quite well. Um, but yeah, Uruguay, look, Bielsa took over and he's instilled a lot of belief. He's the sort of manager who does that wherever he goes. So they're going to come here despite... I don't think they've actually picked up a point in World Cup qualifying in Argentina since 1998. Although they did actually beat them in the Copa America in 2011 on penalties when it was hosted in Argentina. That was a tournament which Uruguay won, so they can fall back on those memories. Um, just think Argentina are overrated a little bit here with the books in terms of price. I would have the handicap probably minus a half or minus 0.75. So a full plus one Asian handicap on Uruguay. Complete refund if they only lose by one goal. They will Whatever happens here, you know you, they will go down swinging even if they end up losing. So very happy at Cyber Uruguay. One Friday game to look at at midday, Eastern, Finland, Northern Ireland, Finland minus 112, Northern Ireland plus 310, draw plus 240. Opposing Northern Ireland has proved profitable for our handicappers over the course of qualifying six defeats in eight. And Rory, we're sticking with the same theme here. Yeah, I have a lot of friends from uh, from the north, and it's not anymore. The Giants called us a lovely place, but but yeah, continuing on that theme, I think Finland are the favourites here. They're at minus one twelve. I'm backing that. There's no need to galaxy brain this game. I mean, Finland have four wins and four defeats. If they go behind, they struggle to get back. If they go in front, they're very difficult to claw back. And Northern Ireland, as you say, really struggling kind of it's only those two wins against San Marino that really they've got to savor from this campaign it was 2-1 in uh, Belfast last time out and and Finland they are still in with a chance of qualification via the Nations League so I think they'll be trying to build towards that they'll be they'll have their eyes on something whereas Northern Ireland again they're just trying to get something together and really kind of put put anything kind of forward for the next campaign um, and yeah Finland the last 
three on the bounce. I think they've won at home. So I think apart from one game, but but yeah, I think they'll uh, they'll get the job done here. It's a simple enough home win for me here. Yeah, just a little bit less than even money. Minus one twelve. I think it's a good play as well. Finland uh, to beat Northern Ireland Friday midday Eastern time. Uh, just a few leans here before we get the best bets of the round. Steve, you've gone for a parlay, uh, which is something that you don't usually do. You've put together uh, three uh, teams uh, here all to win. Talk us through. Uh, talk us through your your parlay lean. Uh, I've gone with a three leg parlay, a treble. And uh, the three teams that are all in Europe to win is uh, Austria, Hungary and Slovakia. Um, I mean, I thought I, what rather than have three leans, let's condense it into one and let's have a bit of a value here. Plus 316. We've already talked about Austria um, and they should easily beat Estonia quite comfortably. Hungary are a side that I think are trending upwards. I think they're well worth watching um, and... They're, they're pretty underrated. Bulgaria are not good at soccer now. Um, they're kind of misconstrued. I mean, when in the sort of 80s, 90s, they were known as a decent side, really, weren't they? And for good reason. But they've really gone off the rails. I think they've got a new manager now. Um, so there's a little bit of a caveat for this. But Hungary should get the win. And then we've got Slovakia at home to Iceland. And I just think Iceland are just they're not as good anymore. If you look at most of their points and goals in this group have been against Liechtenstein. Are they really that bothered here? You know, I, I, I think that in mathematically they can still qualify, but really the the game's over for them. I think Slovakia, the Slovakia are a weird team. I, I I never get them. Like they sometimes play really well, and you think this is a team to watch out for, dark horse, and then put them against someone really good and they get battered. I, they're one of them international teams I really do struggle with, but they should be at home. They should be beating Iceland. So put these three teams together, Iceland, uh, sorry, Slovakia, Hungary and uh, Austria, plus 316, 316 uh, parlay, just to win, nothing else, just get the win and that will do me nicely. And another big price lean, this comes from Rory and it concerns Spain and their game uh, at Cyprus a midday Thursday and we're looking at a team total here. Uh, Rory, what's your thoughts on this one? What's the uh, the big value play? Yeah, playing a little looser with the lean, it's plus 225, Spain to clear over four and a half goals. This is a Cyprus team that just aren't very good. I mean, they, they get battered by good teams. They've lost 4-0 to Georgia. They lost 4-0 to, uh, 3-0 to Scotland. Um, they lost 6-0 to Spain in the first leg. And yeah, they've conceded 13 goals in their, or 14 goals sorry, in their last three games. I just don't think the Cyprus side are very good. And once they go a couple of goals down, that, that does it for them in Spain. Uh, they've got a lot of competition going on for those kind of front three positions right now. There's a lot of kind of young players coming into the side that are really trying to stake their claim. So they'll be pushing for goals. They've got Alvaro Morata, who's in brilliant form as well. If he plays, I, I just think Spain, as much as I have my doubts about them when they go into tournaments at times, there's one thing they do well, it's qualify, and they tend to beat up on those small teams, uh, as we were saying with Portugal. Um I could say I really, really like that pick as well. Cyprus are horrible at soccer now as well. In fact, it's almost gone a little bit under the radar how bad they are. They're not far off the likes of Gibraltar territory, Liechtenstein territory, in my opinion, at the moment. 
It's crazy, isn't it, with Cyprus? Because, uh, again, a few years ago, they looked like they were a nation on the upper one or two of their club sides did well. One qualified for the Champions League group stages. I can't remember which one, but only San Marino have, have conceded more in the qualifiers. It's incredible their fall from grace. And a soccer-loving country as well. Spain, plus 800 to win the Euros. I'd rather... I know you, you, you just intimated there, Rory, that... You know, when it comes to tournament football at the moment, Spain aren't ready. But I'd rather back Spain at plus 800 than Portugal at plus 900. I mean, Spain to win it next year? I'd have them ahead of Portugal, but I have my doubts about De La Fuente, I think. I mean, Spain have come on leaps and bounds since they were beaten by Scotland and demonstrate some good stuff. But with all due respect to Scotland, it is just Scotland that they beat. They beat them 2-0 at home with... A uh, fun refereeing decision that uh, allowed them to not concede the first goal against Norway. There were no great shakes as well away from home in Oslo. And I don't think Scotland or Norway are anywhere near the level of teams that will be in the semi-finals. I, th- I think Spain, they'll just have too many holes in them. So, so yeah, I, I think I'll be sticking closer to the favourites rather than kind of one of these second-tier teams for the Euros. Is there just on the Euro, Steve, just before we get the best bets? I mean, is there now a bit of a gap? Have we got England and France, I guess, we're looking at, and then a bit of a drop off? Germany, I'm not quite so sure about at the moment. I mean, the host, but the friendly results have been awful. I know they've changed their manager. Is there a bit of a gap between the top two and the rest? In terms of squad quality, yes. Seems it. If no? you look at it, I've said that I mean, England and France are probably the two best squads in, in the world. The problem England have got is probably possibly the manager. And France, well, it's hard to oppose France, isn't it, really, in anything, to be fair. Um, Germany, I think, are starting to become a, a wild card now because of this change of manager. They're obviously, home advantage. And let's see what Nagelsmann can do with them. Um, they're, they're, they're the real joker in the pack. Uh, France plus 400, England plus 400, Germany plus 700 for the outrights for the Euros. That ain't going to change between now, probably. And at least the spring, there might be one or two tweaks ahead of the tournament itself. We shall find out. Let's get some best bets before we wrap up. Um, we've had some really good selections. Steve, what's your best play of this uh, first match day of the international break? Gosh, it's a tough one, but I think I'm going to go with Bielsa. Uruguay plus one Asian handicap. Rory, what's your best play? I'm going Austria to beat the lovely Estonians at um, plus 105 with over two and a half goals in the game. I must admit, I think that Colombia play has taken my eye uh, against Brazil. Look forward to that one. Some really good selections. Uh, many thanks. That wraps up Betting Weekly Extra Time International, uh, International Edition. We've got plenty to go at globally. Uh, check out the Bet Rivers website. Uh, plenty of qualifiers uh, worldwide when it comes to Asia, South America. Uh, Conanball got CONCACAF as well, some Nations League action. Uh, plenty to get stuck into. And make sure you stay across all of our content on our YouTube channel. Many thanks to Steve and to Rory uh, from all of us. For now, though, it is goodbye.